This doesn't sound like CJ. It's not. It's Tyler. I'm introducing this show today. We're doing a different show. CJ is not here. He uh, he's dealing with some things. So he'll be back next week. And and next week we're going to be starting a new way of doing things. We're going to have we're going to have a, a live time. We're, we're, CJ and I are going to talk about it. We're just going to go live. This show's not live. You, you'll, you're listening to this in your podcast feed. But as of next week, we will go live at a consistent time every week. I don't know. It's Monday, so it could be like 6.30 or 7. But we will let you know from the Duo account. So just look for that in the future. We'll have a consistent live time every week, every Monday from now on. But... You know enough about that and our future plans. I um, we have a special guest, and I instead of me introducing the guest because that that's not going to be good enough, I want our special guest to introduce himself. So go for it. Uh, what's up, everyone? Uh, my name's Patrick. Um, you can find me on Twitter as at Saint Patrick FF. Um, I've been new to the new to the Twitter sphere over the last year or two, and really diving into Dynasty um fantasy football stuff and um currently not writing for anyone but looking to get my name out there and excited to be on the show with tyler this is actually my first podcast so this is your first time. podcast this is the first time um really yeah i've been trying to get in for a little bit and okay, just okay. i'm really happy we're doing this then Yes. I'm really happy we're doing this. If this is your first podcast, I want the people to hear. Yes, the the, the wife when I came out and asked her for the recliner uh, to set up at my desk to, hmm. to to fit in the webcam, she was like, "You're going to be on a podcast, oh a podcast." <laughs> I said yes. She goes, "Talking about stuff I don't even care about, but a podcast." All she does is podcasts. Oh, so wait, really? All she does is listen to podcasts. And she's oh, listen to podcasts. I thought you meant she was a podcaster. No, no, not she is not a podcaster. But I think it would be a dream for her at some point. But yeah, but I um, get to live that dream first. So yeah, as some of the people on Twitter might know, I have been sick all week, so my voice probably sounds kind of gross. <laughs> but you know that I will do my best to push through this show where we will we will talk about the NFC West. We're gonna skip the news because we're not live, and you know by the time you guys hear this, it's gonna be like Wednesday night or Thursday morning. You know, news moves fast, so we'll skip that this week. We're gonna get back to doing that. That's most of what we're gonna cover when we go back to our live shows starting next week. We'll just skip that for this week, and we're gonna move into just breaking down the NFC West. It'll be a shorter show, and then we'll get out of here. So, with that said, let's get into it. All right, so let's start right at the top and go from the north and start with Seattle, the yeah, Seattle yeah, Seahawks. Do, do that again, because we <laughs> he'll cut this out. But yep, um, we we need to leave some room for him to do a drop. Okay, just give me some like dead air. 
Okay, so NFC West, we're here. We decided we were gonna start with the Seahawks just because. So we will start with Seahawks. So in Dynasty, we have, I mean, let's start with the quarterback, right? Start with the quarterback, Russell Wilson. So, I mean, he's been a good quarterback for a long time, but mm, I mean, he was kind of inconsistent last year, right? He's always had his ups and downs. It seems like it's 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 a split. First half of the season good, second half of the season bad, and it flip flops every year. It so. does it does flip flop? Who are you gonna get to start this? Russ or not Russ? Russ? Russ is my main court is my main quarterback in a lot of leagues, and there's I'm nervous about him. Is, is he is he that top five guy that you want him to be? Well, he's or not is he going to. Is he going to seem to crap the bed at and be like your QB 15, QB 20? I mean, look, I think it's really, at this point, I think most people have, um, you know, Lamar, Dak, Justin Herbert, even, even Trevor Lawrence. They have, they have those players ranked above Russell Wilson and Dynasty. I think <laughs> that's what's going on. I think people are really deciding a little bit with Joe Burrow, Justin Fields, Trey Lance. You know, and Russell Wilson, you know, I I have Russell Wilson at the bottom of that group, but I understand people who have him close to the top of that group. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for me, I, I want him over Burrow. Um, probably want him over Fields, especially to start the year. Um, if Fields starts off on the bench for a few games and then there's a chance to make a swap, I'll take that opportunity. Second the thing is though, second field takes the field. He's worth more than Wilson. Second, he takes the yeah, field. Second, worth. he takes the field. True. So it's, it, it, that's the problem. That's that's kind of the problem for me because Wilson, I feel, is one more inconsistent season away from him going into the, what I would call the old group, the yeah. old unexciting group. I mean, really. If that's what he provides, what's really the difference in fantasy value between Russell Wilson and Ryan Tannehill? Really? I mean, I have Ryan Tannehill yeah. ranked higher for 2021 in Reject. I, I stand by having Russell Wilson ranked higher for Dynasty because I think Russell Wilson is a far better player than Ryan Tannehill. But if we go through another season of Russell Wilson being disappointing and Ryan Tannehill being good, it's going to get hard to justify the dynasty rankings being the way that they are, right? I mean, that, that's my issue with Russell Wilson is the value. He's not going to ever be back, I, I don't think. I don't think he's ever going to go back to the Superflex first round. I don't think that's going to yeah, happen. No, not not at his age. Not unless he, he has a huge resurgence in right, consistent 16 games. His ADP is 12 and a half. So at his ADP, I just don't get it. I think that it's you're taking all the downside with no upside. So I, I just dislike him at his ADP. I, I just don't see what you're hoping to achieve. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, to be fair, I don't have him that much lower, but it is a significant difference. The big difference is that I have Burrow, Fields, and Lance higher. Yeah. <laughs> That's really all it is. Oh, I can't even talk. Um, um, I, I, come from, I come from a place where, um, for my super flex quarterbacks, I would prefer the two to three years, someone that's got at least two to three years starting and you know that are safer to get to that second contractor on that oh, uh, yeah. veteran contract. 
Um, that's how I prefer to build a team. Would you be okay with Russell Wilson as your QB one? In yes. Super you would? Yep. I, I probably would too. He's um, probably the last guy I would be okay with as yeah. my QB one. I'd rather not. I might be okay with Burrow. And I know I said earlier that I was higher on Russ than Burrow, but Burrow is probably right at that end. I, I think what we're learning here is that I, I really want one of those really top guys as my QB one. Oh, definitely yeah like that's that's to me is the big takeaway here is that russell wilson is not a part of that group he's not a part of that group he will never be a part of that group again he's not going to be in the group with the josh allen kyler lamar and dak and and justin herbert he's never going to be in that group again he took too much money that's part maybe part of it but he also has had some inconsistency on the field Mm -hmm. and dak took a lot of money too so we'll see if that comes back. We haven't, to we haven't seen that come back to bite. It hasn't the played it has. out yet, but it is something interesting. I mean, that Tom Brady has managed to do over the years. I mean, I, I'm all for players taking money, but yeah, players you know, deserve I, to get paid. I think they should take as much money as they want. Yep. Personally, there's, I, con- there's consequences. Where, where's my to contract that? that says it pays me um, 150 million? Where, where can I sign that? Where can I sign that? I, I would sign that. Um, but anyway. I think I think it's not about Russell Wilson. There's not too much really actionable in Dynasty. So yeah. what about the running backs? I think this running backs are more interesting. So uh, Chris Carson. I mean, not really actually that interesting, right? No, like Chris Carson's actually not interesting. He's he's an RB three that you want him as your RB three, but he's going to put up RB two numbers. Yeah, and he's old. And he's old. He did get the new contract. And you can't sell him. Yep, you can't sell him for anything. You You're holding on to him. And you want to be competing with him in your lineup. Exactly. Yeah, there's no point in having him if you're not competing, right? If you're not yep. competing, you shouldn't have him. So I actually think he's very – if you are on a contender, it's fine. Uh, probably not someone I'm buying. He's a, a little pricey. There are other players I would – he's not my first choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a running back to buy. So I, I'm i probably not buying. It would be hard for me to ever have Chris Carson on any of my teams because how could I ever have him? When would – I don't know how much you know about, like, the Tyler way of doing things, but just the idea of me ever having Chris Carson on my team, it's, he's too old now. When was this startup that I had – somehow I now have Chris Carson and never sold him? Like – just the odds that I have Chris Carson on one of my teams are zero. So the only time I ever interact with Chris Carson is on a Patreon team where I'm inheriting Chris Carson. Um, and usually I, I say this, try to sell them immediately. And in a startup draft, I'm avoiding Chris Carson. His price is too high. Uh, there are uh, other players I'd rather have in that range. Chris Carson or Josh Jacobs? Oh, Josh Jacobs. Sorry, okay. Josh Jacobs. Uh, I mean, not for this year, but Chris Carson is uh, three and a half years older than Josh Jacobs. So I do think Carson's going to be better for this year. I have Carson ranked higher, but I'd rather have Josh Jacobs in the the grand scheme of things. Michael Carter or Chris Carson? Uh, Carson. I mean, yeah. Uh, I got I got two more. Oh, One of my favorites. Chris Carson or Miles Gaskin? Oh, and not with you're about to see an article from me about Miles Gaskin. So, Chris Carson, <laughs> not Miles Gaskin. 
Miles uh, Gaskin's going to lose most of his value in the next three weeks. Watch. I, I, I disagree on that, but that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. Well, you, well, it'll happen. Yeah. The people I'm know. Sure we'll have it. Yeah. The people know. They they know. Um, and then the last one I'll ask: <laughs> Carson or Acres? Oh, Acres. Acres. Okay. I'd rather just take my chances on Acres. Yeah. We'll talk about Acres. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Any hope for Rashad Penny? I mean, blindfolded dart throw. Rashad Penny. It's well known. Blindfolded dart throw. I luckily got off of him just before his injury. Two oh, years my ago. God. People don't remember. I, he was, he was I, I swapped him for uh, Madison. Okay, so that didn't help very much. Didn't help. It, it was Both of us got our handcuffs. Yeah. Oh, he was taking that job, man. He was taking that job. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it'll never be. Think, things I, that will never happen. I think he's a value at his current price, but... He's only 24. I, I'm 25, maybe. It, it is what it is. I, I'm not running out to get Rashad Penny, but he's someone I like at his current cost as a deep dart throw. They don't have any other running backs worth no. bothering with. Why does he? Nothing. Nothing about. Nothing for DJ Dallas. No. no. <laughs> DJ Dallas is terrible. <laughs> uh, wide receivers. DK Metcalf. I don't think there's much to say about DK Metcalf. He's your what? Wide receiver? Give me a number. Eight, seven. Okay, then there is something to say about DK Metcalf. Um, that's very I'm not super high on him. Um, I scoffed at people who had him as wide receiver one for those, like, four weeks. Oh, and... I mean, I was one of them. <laughs> no, uh, I... Th- I think he's got a lot of growing to do as an NFL wide receiver. Think so? Uh, I think he, I think he can improve his route running and just the way he plays. Um, as we we saw when he faced Ramsey, he struggles against that top corner. Um, I'm not worried. I think he gets by with his his super athleticism, and that's good enough to be a top wide receiver in the league. My God, I, I would love on that forever. I would love for him to make that next step. And I think he, I think he could make a jump into the top three. The thing is, though, Mike Evans never did. He never made that next step. Really. He never did, really. He never made that step from great to best receiver in the league. He never made that step, but he was still valued really highly for a long time. Mm-hmm. So, like... I'm not sure that he needs to make an additional step, really, on top of what... If what he did in the first half of 2020 is what he is, he doesn't need to make any more steps. That was enough. If it's close to the second half, then, well, then he needs to make some more steps. Then then there are problems. Then there are some problems. Yep. So it, it can go either way. I mean, but, you know... 1,300 yards, 10 touchdowns, pretty good. Yep, that's that's a solid wide receiver one. That's, like, that's just that's similar to what Mike Evans did, what, like, career production. Winston, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's about, actually, that's better than Mike Evans' career average. So, I'm just saying, Mike Evans never really took the next step. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But yeah, I have DK at wide receiver three. Okay. Jefferson and Brown, one and two. I'm a I, huge ageist. If this is something the people know. Yeah. But I, I, I've seen that, and I come from. I am a little bit more conservative with my ranks. I want to. I want to see it. And I want to know what I got. Wait till you see it, though. Yeah. If you wait till you see it, it's too late. Yep, and I, that's a lesson I've been learning. And it's hard as I've been as I've been addressing my own uh, process. I've got to figure out. Uh, how do I weight these things? Um, hey, it's something that's hard for me. Like with rookies, it's hard. Yep. You know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm a terrible film analyst. I'm a fa- terrible talent scout. But I can put it together. Very few <laughs> very few people are good film analysts, honestly. Yep. Certainly not me. I, I've gotten... I'd like to say I've gotten better. But the better off of what? I've, no. I've gotten better at finding people that are good film analysts and listening to them. The problem is that there are more bad fam- film analysts than good ones. Yep. There are a lot of really bad ones. Mm-hmm. Actually, I would say most film analysts are bad. Most oh, film analysts, definitely. Most film analysts' advice will actively hurt you over listening to nobody. If you just look, looked at draft capital and ignored everything they said, most film analysts would hurt you. Oh, Definitely. There are a very select few that would help you, and those few are very helpful. They help you gain a huge advantage. But the problem is, is finding those few in the noise of horrible. <laughs> and most people on Twitter, film analysts are bad. So it's just, it's hard to tease out who's good because follower count sometimes does not tell you who's good and who's bad. Like. If I started, I talk about film sometimes, but, and I have 10, more than 10,000 followers, that doesn't mean I'm good at it. Yep. That just means that I have 10,000 followers for some other reason. <laughs> um, so yeah, the follower count is not everything, but there, there are a few really good film analysts who I will not name. You'll have to do that research on your own. <laughs> I just don't want to call anyone out for being yeah. good or bad. But I, hey. I would. I wouldn't want you to call anyone out anyway. I wouldn't. Oh, I've, I've done it before, but I, in this case, I, I think the people should judge for themselves and just be aware. Um, Tyler Lockett. Give me one second. Just looking up something before, so I can talk more appropriately about Tyler Lockett, because I wanted to see what his contract situation was before we got into it. Signed four years, sixty-nine. Yep. Uh, with the with a good out after twenty-three. Okay. Yeah, I'm famous for never looking anything up. Got a great memory. You're almost sure. never wrong. It's it's a great memory, right? I know. It's crazy. Like I, I, um, assume, I assume in some of our talks that you're just like, yep, I've got I don't even have my rankings, I just have them memorized and <laughs> No, those I those I look up I don't look up stuff on the internet. Can't trust it. It's a big <laughs> conspiracy. I mean Pro football reference as part of a conspiracy now. Yep. That was funny. Tyler Lockett. What do you think? He turns 29 in September. 29 is old. 29 is old? Um, Tyler Lockett's a boom bust week-to-week guy, it feels like. Um, He's shown that he can hold it together over an entire year. Um, But last year and then it may have been Russell Wilson slowing down in the second half and what that offense became, but 
I'm I'm out on Lockett. I don't want him on any of my teams, competing or not. I feel like I can get someone else near his value at consensus. At his consensus value, I can find someone else that's going to help my team for a longer time. I agree. I'm pretty out on Lockett, too. Um, he's not someone I'm targeting. No. I, I, I don't mind him, but it's not the kind of player I'm usually going to have. No. I mean, it could be, but I'd rather pay a little bit more for Cooper Cup or Robert Woods, who yep. we're going to talk about later. Just the Tyler Lockett's one of those players. He exists, probably doesn't exist for me. Not buying. Hard to sell. I'd try to sell. Hard to sell. Any interest in any of the other players? Dwayne Eskridge? You a fan? Dart throw, dart throw there. I'm not. Uh, I was a fan of Dwayne Eskridge, but he's plummeting in my rankings. It's just I'm not hearing good things. I like Tutu Atwell as a sleeper. Well, no, we're not. Oh, that's wait, the wrong team. Whoa. Yeah, wrong team. You said, you said, you said, you said Cup and... Oh, yeah, I did. I got me thinking. We will get to them. Uh, what do you think about Gerald Everett? Eh. I'm fine with him. Like, He's he, he, needs to be, he needs to be rostered. Oh, well, obviously. Yeah, he needs to be rostered. Yeah. He needs to... I think there's going to be... You want him as your tight end too, and he'll put up four or five weeks that you're going to want to start him, and he's going to be on your bench when you do. That sounds about right, yeah, to be honest. And, but hey, and, I, I would much rather have Gerald Everett than Tyler Higby two and a half rounds earlier. Oh, uh, we'll get into Higby more, but I... Two and a half rounds earlier, though. I need, I need to look at ADP a little bit more. We have a lot of players on the Seahawks where I'm like, eh, Everett, Lockett, Carson, Russell Wilson. I'm all eh. And DK Metcalf high on like, well, like everyone else. The Seahawks are a very eh team for me. Not a lot of strong takes here. The Seahawks, are I feel like, are that way with how tough the defenses are in their division. I'm not, really? I'm not excited about them having to face the the 49ers, the Rams, and the Cardinals. The only sports. player on the Seahawks where I'm, like, excited to have them on my roster is DK Metcalf. Yeah. Everyone else, I, I'm not so excited. Gerald Everett is just another one of the same. I'm just – it is what it is. Mm-hmm. We, be, it'll still be a good offense. It's going to put up points. Yeah. I think we can move on from the Seahawks. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's go. What do we say next? Cardinals? Uh, let's go. Let's go to the Rams. We were talking about about the Rams anyway. So the Rams, they traded for Matthew Stafford. I like the move because he's a lot better than Jared Goff. Jared Goff was was Mm -hmm. terrible. Um, well, I mean, where do you have, so do you do rankings? I don't, I don't have rankings right now. Um, I do have quarterback rankings. I did about a month ago, just a rough sketch to make sure I had it down somewhere. He is right around, I want to say, 11, 12, maybe. No, no. He's like 16. 16? That's low. You got the... He's he's getting up there a little bit, but he's 
I, I want to see it in LA. I have him at 13. Okay. And really, that's um, is he in that same tier? Or, I'm trying yeah. to. I, it, it's a pick your poison. That's how I feel about quarterbacks at that point. This year, I'm I'm in on Stafford for this year. Um, I think I've got a, I took him at QB nine in a draft yesterday. Seems high. I was I was fine with him over. Want to say took him over Brady. I'd I'd rather have Brady. I think with the Acres injury, I'd rather have Stafford. That doesn't make me want Stafford more. Okay. Uh, the, I think the offense is going to struggle a little. There's no balance. We'll we'll see we'll see what happens there. I think th- I think there's I think Henderson will show up enough to keep a balance. Um, I'm well, a Packers. Let's talk, let's talk I'm, about. I'm a Packers. Talk- We've talked about Acres on this show endlessly. Yeah. There's Acres, I feel like I've buried into the ground. I don't feel like we need to talk about Acres too much more because he's not here. He's not going to play for in the NFC West in 2021. Let's talk about Henderson. I, I'm more interested in what you have to say about Henderson. What do you think about Henderson? I, I got into it a little bit on Twitter with someone about... Uh, Ooh, drama. Not not terrible drama, just I wanted I yeah. to be backed up. Um, just getting into it about narratives with oh. Henderson and McVeigh and how McVeigh hates Henderson. And I Was this someone me? No. Wasn't some wasn't you, but I think you would agree with this person. And very likely. Very very likely. Um and I don't think the person was wrong. I think their con- the way they got to their conclusion may have been wrong. Because to assign emotion, like hatred towards a person, based on football decisions, is kind of kind of hard to get to. Um, I'm not a big fan of Daryl Henderson. You no, know, you don't have to be. But he's going to put up. Let me rephrase that. I really do not like Daryl Henderson. I think Daryl Henderson is terrible. I think Daryl Henderson is a jag at best. I think he's nothing. I think that he's going to fail. I think that it's going to be, if they try to use him as a three-down workhorse, it's going to be embarrassing because he cannot possibly handle a three-down workhorse role. He never asked. He wasn't a three-down workhorse in college. He wasn't in 2019, and he wasn't in 2020. No, he, he, he hasn't handled that role. Um... And he can't. But at the end of the day, um, he's going to put up points. Oh, of course he's going to put up points. Yes, and up that's points. what that's what that's what really matters. So, if you need a one-year rental on a guy, he's not, he's, not, he's, not, people, he's not losing that starting spot. I think some people think that they're renting RB twelve, and I think they're renting RB twenty-two. That's really the difference. I, I think they're renting RB twenty-two, not RB twelve. That's, that's really just the whole difference here, is I think that no matter, this reminds me a little bit of Chase Edmonds, which is that I think no matter how many people get injured, and we'll get to that later, but with the Rams, it's the same thing. No matter how many people get injured, no matter how many people get hurt, there is a limit to the number of touches Daryl Henderson is going to get. It's not gonna be more than like 13 or 14 carries a game. It's just not going to be. I do not care who else is in the backfield. It's just, he cannot handle 
20 touches a game. He just can't do it. Can't do it. And he wasn't good in the passing game either. So it's not like he has receiving upside either. He was not good in the passing game either year. So I, I just, I think that people just don't understand what they're renting. That's all. I think people fall into this false narrative when they're trying to rank players and like, oh, he's going to end up at RB15 or whatever. And they do that already counting out five, six, seven of those backs having been injured or taken out of the game at some in some way. Well, I actually rank. So, like, I have to rank guys ahead of him, right? Yeah, so. exactly. So, like, when, when, when you say that people are paying up, they're just expecting him to stay healthy and they're playing the injury odds. So they play the injury odds. It's like, oh, look, look what I found. I found a RB15. Well, when you rank, when you rank, you just assume everyone's going to stay healthy. Yeah, exactly. But when you say, oh, I can buy an RB15, because you're going to, they're going to end up looking at the end of the year total stats and say, oh, look, I got this RB15 that I bought. Well, yeah, but like, he's not that. He's... A low end RB two, yeah, and that's fine, but not that interesting. No. This is, I think, something where the fantasy community really struggles. Is when they there are touches that ha they're going to go somewhere, but they can't put it on a specific person because they don't know enough about Xavier Jones and Jake Funk to give it to them. That's really somewhere where I think the fantasy community struggles badly and they're making the same mistake in Atlanta with Mike Davis because they don't know enough about the other people to give them the touches when that doesn't matter it's that they're going to go somewhere else and the team's going to figure out where the somewhere else is we just can't identify the somewhere else immediately and I think that fantasy analysts do a horrible job of projecting situations like this and I think this is one of them this oh, is that, one yeah of them. um, um well, I mentioned them. I mentioned them. Xavier Jones and Jake Funk. Any interest in those two? As you talk about fan fantasy analysts not knowing where things are going, I I have no preference on either one of them. Well, nobody knows anything about either one. Yeah, it, that's nothing. That's the reality I mean, of the situation. Is uh, Jake those, Funk? Those two guys are reasons that I highly encourage you consolidating dynasty lineups to have open roster spots. You need to have these next three weeks through the rest of the preseason and weeks one and two of the regular season is the most crucial time to have open roster spots to play that waiver wire. There's guys that are outside your 250, top 250, your top 300, who are going to burst onto the scene that we don't know enough about that you need to be ready to pick up and stash on a moment's notice and then solve that solve that dilemma later but people know i feel that way though they they know they they hear me rail about this all the time i mean honestly the people just hear me my strategy advice quite frequently um but yeah i, I like both of them as pickups um i don't like daryl henderson i would love to trade him if i could get a first for daryl henderson i would love it um all right, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, we mentioned them earlier. How much would you pay for them? 
late first for either? I don't know if I can do it. Um, I'm, too, I'm too... If... I know I'm going to regret that. I know I'm going to regret it. I feel like that's a move that a contending team will make, and there will be plenty of people making that move week five when a top-name wide receiver goes down and teams see their championship slipping away. I'd have to be more confident that that first is going to be late, as in that I'm already 4-0. and I'm probably not doing that trade now no matter what. I just won't do it. Yep. Um, there's very little to say about Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. They're both going to produce. Who do you like more? I'm higher on Cup. Cup. Okay. I think that they're literally the same. So in Dynasty, I'll go the younger players cup. Yep. I think it's 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 choose your guy. Redraft, they, so redraft the same thing. Either literally one of them the same. Could, either, either one of them could be the top in guy. Twenty nineteen. They, they both could finish top eight. And well, that's both in this top eight is not going to no, happen. No, not both. They both could individually. One of the two could. Yeah, it's whoever catches the touchdowns. And they've scored almost identical touchdowns within one in their four years in L.A. And in 2019 and 2020, their total PPR points were within one of each other, total in 2019 and 2020. So we're really looking at a pick here. Like, it is a dead-even heat. Not, they're not far away. From each uh, other. I'm going to say, give me... One of the things I do like about cup is and i live in michigan so i've watched a lot of lions games so i've seen a lot of stafford i'm so sorry why do you think i wear this oh my god um but stafford does well with big giant receivers um give me the couple extra inches on cooper cup he plays and i just looked up his height i thought he was around six three six four he's only six foot two he plays a little bit bigger than Robert Woods does. Give me the TD. Well, we also know that Stafford had a good relationship with Golden Tate, right? Mm-hmm. So Golden Tate, slot receiver. Maybe that's like a template for what Cup can do. Yeah, if Cup puts... Cup isn't if... quite Tate, but, you know, Stafford at least has the propensity to use the position. Yes. I'm not, I'm not worried about Stafford spreading the ball around. No. Anyone. Uh, okay. So there's other receivers. Deshaun Jackson, whatever. He'll be annoying. Uh, yeah. Apparently he looks great. I don't understand. Uh, then they also have Van Jefferson and Tutu Atwell. Um, that's interesting. I prefer Tutu Atwell, but... That's only because a complete face planter like Van Jefferson is just never going to get much love yep. from me, who did nothing as a rookie at all. Nothing, no good signs, looked horrible in camp, looked horrible on the field, horrible in every way, and was 24 entering the league is not going to get any love from me. Yep, he's. I inquired about him in a couple of leagues, and people have their pricing way too high. They're asking for a. Th- 
early third or I'm like, I wouldn't have bothered to inquire about Van Jefferson. Yeah. But I was like, I I was curious. I was curious after the Stafford trade, how people felt. Yeah. He's just dead to me, to be honest. Um, I, I do have two, two at well in several leagues. Um, he's more, say that again. You got out for a second. Oh, two, two at well is much more interesting to me. Yeah. I think they're, there's some sh- there's some chances for him to be to be something special. Um, I want to see him in some good game action. I want to see him at the NFL level. Um, cut that out. That felt really awkward in my head as I was following my thoughts. I agree. <laughs> CJ. Um, yeah. I want to see if Tutu can beat out NFL corners. I want to see if he can act, if he can actually burn them and get himself open. I'd like yeah. to take a, to take a chance on him. Yep. Yeah. I, I I'm okay with losing that bet. I'm okay with putting it, pushing in for Tutu and getting burned and getting nothing. I'm fine with that as well. I I have him. I mean, it's not like I have 2-2 ranked highly, but I don't have him ranked that low. No. I'm yep. fine taking a chance on him, but these are not the kind of guys I ever trade for. You don't see me trading for 2-2 Atwell. I either would have picked him or, oops, I didn't get him too bad. Now I'm moving on. I, I'd be cool with getting him as a throw-in. <coughs> on a deal. I'm definitely not inquiring and trying to make a deal. I don't make a, make a lot of trades like that. I don't make a lot of trades like that because if I'm getting him as a throw in, that means I'm doing, I'm getting like a three for one or a two for one. I'm usually not doing that. Usually no. So I'm usually not, like you said earlier. So I'm not, I'm just not trading for Tutu Atwell really at all. I, I, I probably would have drafted him based on where I had him ranked. So it's likely I already have him. But unfortunately, if I didn't draft him, I'm probably not trading for him. Okay. And then you said you want to talk about Tyler Higby. Uh, um, why? Actually, uh, I like Higby. He sucks. Tell me, what, what about him do you like? He's horrible. <sighs> he has five good games. Five games of good in five years. Five games of success and 4.6 years of failure. What about him do you like? Because I don't see anything good about him. Nothing at all. Nothing. I like- I like that those guys came in the that those five games came in that one, came in one window. Um, and that window was a long time ago. That was many uh, many games ago. What about all of 2020 where it was not good? I don't see him having. I hate Tyler. Fa- oh, I, I I see that. <laughs> um, he sucks. He really does. I don't think I see Higby doing anything wrong. When... <laughs> yeah, bear with me, Tyler. Well, I'm bearing with you. <laughs> um, I don't see him having the dropsies. I don't see him having issues just running routes or getting open. I think golf was a bigger issue for him than anything else, and he's played in a system that's had been overcrowded so it was an issue for 4.6 years for 4.6 years 
now he's suddenly going to be good. Now he's going to be good. Now I'm not going to say he's Kelsey, but well, look at look at look at Kelsey breaking into the league. Yeah, but this is five years later. I mean, it's five years. It was five years of nothing. I mean, 2016, nothing. 2017, nothing. 2018, nothing. 2019, for most of the year, nothing. And then five massive games. 2020, there was one big game in week two, three touchdowns, and then nothing. Nothing. You want that guy? I mean, I want that guy. I'm not drafting him super highly, but I've, I've got him on some I don't want him at all. Things. Here's Here, I'll tell the people what they need to know. What the people need to know is that by the end of 2021, Jacob Harris will carry significantly more dynasty value than Tyler Higbee. And people will have been wondering why they were talking about Tyler Higbee as a sleeper. That's what the people need to know. Because Tyler Higbee is the ultimate jag. I really think that's what he is. He, he exists. He can play tight end in the NFL. He's fine. But fine doesn't cut it. Fine is not getting you fantasy numbers. Tight end is hard to break out at, right? I mean, what are there? Really, three relevant tight ends? Maybe five if you're generous? He's served, Tyler Higby certainly does not join that group. So, like, fine is just not good enough. Okay, then get you there. So I, I just think that you're going to see Jacob Harris break out. You're going to see the athleticism. And you're going to see, you saw it already in the preseason. You saw the highlight. I posted it on Twitter. Um, so I want to make, make sure that people saw it. I think Jacob Harris is going to be a breakout star on this team. And it, even if he doesn't work out, I think it's going to be enough to keep Tyler Higby irrelevant, which is where he was for all of last year. That, that's really just all I think about the situation. Um. Any leagues that I've got Higby in, I I got Harris this year with rookie drafts. I made sure that when that transition happens, I've got the I've got the Rams tight end. Well, getting the Harris is a great idea because I think that Harris could be the next Darren Waller. Yep. So I, I love the idea of getting Harris. Honestly, when it comes to the Rams, you know, but the Rams the whole offseason, all I talked about was Cam Akers. I was a big Cam Akers truther, right? So I, I talked about Cam Akers all the time and can't talk about that anymore. So now, like, when it comes to the Rams, Jacob Harris is the player I'm excited about. That's the player I'm excited about. That's the player I want to get on my teams. You know, that's the player I made the big waiver bids for back in, you know, early June when, when this started to become apparent. You know, that's the player I've been loud on since about that time, being like, pick this guy up, pick this guy up, pick this guy up, pick this guy up. And, you know, nothing's changed. He was used in the preseason in a way that's unusual for a fourth-round rookie. You don't usually see fourth-round rookie tight end used that way or used at all. Uh, certainly his teammate, Bryson Hopkins, fourth-round rookie in 2020, where was he? Uh, it, he actually played no snaps uh, in 2020. So he, he was not used. So, you know, that just goes to show what they thought of him. So, yeah, I am very excited about Jacob Harris. I, I think there's there's a lot of upside there. Uh, hit with the athleticism. You're, you're buying. I, I assume you're buying on Jacob Harris. Harris so you can. Yeah, buy Harris. Hard, it's so hard to buy Jacob Harris because anyone who picked him up, listen to me. Yeah. They listen to me, and they, they feel the same way I do. So... You're, I'm trying to pick him up for myself. 
it, it's similar to some of the rookie. He's a rookie, right? I mean, yep. people who drafted him probably felt this way. Well, he wasn't drafted in a lot of rookie drafts. No. But he's someone that's difficult to acquire. What? You have him on a team. What are you looking for in return for, for him? I don't want to trade him. I, I, don't want to, be, I don't want to trade him either. But um, at what point do you say, yes, I need to tr- trade him? Oh, those? I mean, in a tight end premium, I would need a second, a third sound enough. Okay. A little bit spicier than me. I was going to say uh, bottom, bottom seller team, early third. No. No, I feel like at that price, I the odds that I regret it big time are way too high. For a second, I know I'm getting something good. Second is always going to be good. Second is always going to be something interesting. Third is, is yeah, could be nothing. I mean, even an early third this year was like, was Nico gross. Collins. Yeah, it's well, I like Nico Collins. But I, like, I, I do too, but. But that, that's not exciting. That's not exciting. You know, that's not, that's not you're, so exciting. So you're praying for someone to drop at that point. Right. Yeah. So that's not so exciting. I just think that the odds that Jacob Harris burned me for a third are just so so high that I can't do it. I would need a second in tight end premium. And in a regular league in non-tight end premium, probably take a third. Just because, like, the odds that he's a difference maker are so low. And, like, if I'm in super flex and non-tight end premium and you give me a third for Jacob Harris, I've made, like, a massive profit. So in that format, I take it. But in any form of premium, I, I need the second to take. Right. Get off um, okay, so that's the Rams. Uh, Cardinals. Cardinals. This, I think, will be quicker. <laughs> yes, much uh, quicker. Kyler Murray. I. Where do you have Kyler Murray in your dynasty ranks? Where would you? <laughs> uh, definitely top five. Well, uh, I mean. Uh, but. Should be a number. Uh, three. Three. Me too. I also have him at three. I have, after the Allen contract, I, I made a little change, putting Allen at two. Just because now he's locked in, and I have Kyler at three. Mahomes obviously at one. Yep. There's, I mean, if you are in a super flex league, you can get Kyler Murray as your QB one. That sounds like a great thing. That's something I want to do. He's one of those players I want. I want him as my quarterback one. That would be something that I would recommend. So if you have the opportunity to get someone like him as your quarterback one, I would do it. I don't think there's too much else to say about Kyler, but I. You're, you're he should hoping. be excited, right? I mean, he was the quarterback one by a mile before he went down. With, not down, but he went. He had a shoulder injury, and then he wasn't the same. But he was a quarterback one by a mile at that point. Yep. So he was having the type of Lamar season that he had in 2019, a difference-making season. So just keep that in mind, that the upside to be quarterback one overall is 100% there. Yes. Uh, Fantasy football is ranked him as their number one quarterback, I think, on their reach. I've, I've, seen, I've seen a few people rank him number one, and I – I get it. I'm not going to argue with someone on that. I have him two in redraft. I have Mahomes one still. But uh, yeah, so we love Kyler. Uh, I think, I think that's enough on Kyler to just say that we love him. Uh, Running backs. So Chase Edmonds. What do you think of Chase Edmonds? We know what I think of Chase Edmonds. (sighs) I sold out on him and, in both my leagues that I have him and sold out is in sold him. So 
Sold him oh, high. Sorry, he's gone. Yeah. He's gone. He's gone. Okay. Um, so when did you get regret it? Uh, one was before last year, even. Oh, that's a while ago. Yeah. yeah what? One was a while ago. Uh, this last one, let me pull up the trade. Um, it was a. Well, it got was rid a of him. That must mean you don't really like him that much. I got rid of him because I had a great offer on the table. Oh, okay. Do you like him? I do. Um, not enough to really be big in a dynasty. I like him for redraft this year. I like a lot of dead zone running backs. I know people give me flack for that. Sorry, I, I'll, I'll be another one who does. I, I prefer getting my top wide receiver who's actually uh, on the Cardinals. Uh, I want Hopkins. Hopkins is my wide receiver one in redraft this year. Spicy. Um, Let's see. We'll get to Hopkins. Um, so let me ask you a couple of things. In Dynasty, you could have Chase Edmonds or Daryl Henderson, who we just talked about. Who would you prefer? <sighs> Give me Henderson right now. I don't like it, but I think Henderson's going to put up better numbers this year, and... Both could easily, both could easily be irrelevant after 2021. I agree, and, and I brought up Henderson to bring up the fact that that's basically I see Edmonds is very similar. Edmonds is similar to Henderson in that no matter what, no, I, if there's a hurricane and all of the Cardinals running backs disappear at sea, Edmonds will still not receive 20 carries in a game. It, it will not happen. He is a timeshare back, and not even a timeshare back. He is a compliment, complimentary piece. He's a backup. He is, to me, more similar to Tony Pollard than anything else, in that he looks great when he has limited touches, but cannot possibly, I don't think he could possibly handle a workhorse role. I wonder if we've seen anything like this before, where the Cardinals have brought in a running back who excelled on limited touches for multiple years and then received a workhorse role and couldn't handle it. Could they have just done that recently? Yes, they have. Kenyon Drake is that exact thing. Kenyon Drake was great on limited touches in Miami. And then he managed to be a workhorse for eight games. A miracle happened. And then they tried to make him a workhorse for an entire year. And it was a disaster because he can't hold up. That's that's what it is. They're, but I think that they learned from that mistake. They're not going to do the same thing with Chase Edmonds. I think that they are going to do a real committee here. With that said, Chase Edmonds is the guy I want of the two because the other one's not a choice. <laughs> The other one is not even there right now. We don't know where he is. But uh, Chase Edmonds and Dynasty on that, the, that That other guy will be at the goal line. Well, that other guy's not there. He yeah. Right now, he's not there. Right now, he's not at camp. Where is he? He's on the COVID list. Where And when is he going to come back? It could be a long time. Mr. Connor, you know, it sounds like he, he's been missing time. And uh, you, you know, I, he miss he misses enough time. Did he have a groin issue as well? Oh, there's another injury too. 
That's was great. It, was, it groin, was it a groin or a hamstring? Oh, very, very beginning of camp. Oh, that's just that's what I don't want to hear. So for James Conner, more injuries, more missed time is like not. Remember, they signed Ido Smith a couple of weeks ago. That is not good. That means that they have some concerns about James Conner's availability. So at least some concerns. Um, maybe they're planning to keep four tailbacks, uh, with Smith being the fourth alongside, you know, Benjamin, Connor, and Evans. Um, but just given what's going on with Connor, I am confident that Edmonds is going to be the lead role. But I do think it's possible that Edmonds gets 50% and the other 50% is just split among whatever it is. I don't think Edmonds is getting 60% or 70%. I think Edmonds is going to get his 50 and the other 50 is going to be what it is. But, you know, it's similar. It's like Henderson. I mean, Edmonds is a free agent after this year. I cannot imagine that the Cardinals are going to sign him to a big deal. Not the starter money. No. So in Dynasty, I'm probably not in. No. And it sounds like you're there with me. I I'm right there. I like. I'm happy if I if I were to find him on the end of a roster. Or right out. You could have. Right outside yeah. My, yeah. Right outside my lineup. Um, but actually, the deal that I made earlier this off season, and Lee got upset over it because it's one of those. You send out those are my favorite when the league gets upset. Those are my you, favorite. You send, you send out the offer and hope that someone says yes. Oh like, expect to negotiate. Good. Send out Chase Edmonds and Irv Smith. Reeled back in Waller. Ooh. That and I yeah. I get it if I can understand it at the extent of my imagination if you're high on Irv Smith and you feel good about Chase. But it was one of those I was expecting him to counter with an extra second on there or a first and probably would have said yes to that. But yeah, yeah. A couple more names. Uh, well, I think I know your answer to this from what you said earlier, but uh, Edmonds or Miles Gaskin? Gaskin. James Robinson? Uh, give me Robinson. AJ Dillon. Dylan. Um, Rojo. Rojo. Damian Harris. Flip a coin. <laughs> you got to give an answer. I got to give an answer. Yep. I'm uh, on this show. Give me Damian Harris. Mike Davis. Edmonds. Um, Tony Pollard. Edmonds. Zach Moss. Edmonds is, is at least going to start a year. Zach Moss. Uh, I want Edmonds. Okay. And Leonard Fournette? Edmonds. Okay. So, yeah, I, I was actually very similar to you. The I have Edmonds above Rojo and Harris, but all the other answers were the same. Um, I, I do like Rojo. I, I do not like Rojo. <laughs> I hate Rojo. I'm not a Rojo person. Um, but yeah, I, I think Edmonds will provide you something. So that, that's the only reason why I like him is I, I think he'll give you something. And I also think he could give you multiple years of something. I, I think Edmonds, 
honestly, you know who Edmonds really reminds me of as a player? It's weird. James White. He, he could carve out a, a role for himself. Like, I actually think that's how he should be used, <laughs> is he's, he's great as a receiver. I actually think he sh- he's underrated as a receiver. So I, I think Edmonds could actually provide, like, borderline RB2, RB3 value for a couple of years. That's why I'm not completely out on him. But I'm not in on him either. So I hear some people say that Edmonds has an RB1 ceiling, and I'm like, and maybe if we move to Mars... He would have one, but if his big game from 2019 is extrapolated over 16 games, sure. Yeah, there's this RB1 ceiling does not exist. So, you know, I just I want to get that out of people's heads, but otherwise, you know, I I do like his potential. Yeah, give you something, James Conner. I do not like. Uh, Don't want him anywhere. No, no, I'm good. I James Conner. Missing more time, I, he's missed enough time. I'm tired of him missing time. Why is he missing more time? I, this is another excuse, now another injury. I, I'm tired of his injuries. I'm tired of his injuries. I'm tired of his excuses. You know, it, if he's on the high-risk close contact list, that means he didn't get the vaccine, which is bad because, you know, he's a cancer survivor. If he gets COVID, it could be a long time where he misses time, that that's just, this is all now another groin injury set. It's, there's a lot of things. None of this is going to work for me. So I'm, I'm good. I want no part, no part of him. Um, if you want no part of him, then there's Eno Benjamin. He's maybe worth the waiver claim. Sure. That's yeah. all I want to say about him. Yeah, he's, I think people fall into this trap when talking about backfields like this. And they say, oh, you don't like Connor, so that means you must like Edmonds. And it's like, no. No. There are are 32 NFL teams. I will go, I will look somewhere else. I'm not stuck eating at this food court. In Dynasty, though, if Connor really is hurt and is still mysteriously gone, and Benjamin has a path to getting any carries at all, he belongs in your Dynasty bench for the value alone. Yes. Oh, definitely. I don't think, you know, Benjamin is very good. No, he's not good. No, no, he's not good. Not good. But I would put him on your roster anyway. There are lots you know, of bad players that I put on my roster. You know Benjamin or Joshua Kelly? Uh, this Joshua Kelly. You mentioned someone named Joshua Kelly. It's funny. I've actually never heard of him. I know <laughs> the Chargers have a player named Joshua Fumble. They have a player named Joshua Fumble on their roster. I'm not familiar with Joshua Kelly. Is he a new waiver wire addition? He's someone um, I luckily avoided spending a second on or paying up and oh buying up for a second last year. As much we as I may hate, save us. As much as I hate Joshua Fumble, I would still rather have him over Eno Benjamin. Okay. Um, but yeah, it, I never miss an opportunity to make fun of Joshua Fumble. Uh, yeah. And then they also signed Edo Smith, but whatever. I don't. I don't think. I don't think we're worrying about that. Now, the only thing I think we care about that is that means that James Conner could be having a problem, mm-hmm. uh, which would be not surprising to anyone. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins. You said he was your redraft wide receiver one. I think that's a hot take. Um, to be fair, I would probably think that anything other than Devontae Adams as the redraft wide receiver one would be a hot take, though. I think it's pretty clear. Um. I'm excited for uh, one more year of Hopkins with Kyler. 
Uh, well, there's more going to be more than one more year. Well, that's right. In the sense of this take, uh, people talk about uh, wide receivers. For a second. No, uh, people talk about wide receivers needing time to adjust to their new quarterback. And we saw Hopkins transition well to Kyler. And I don't think that transition's done. I think another year of chemistry. Um, I think if you believe in Kyler, I think you've got to believe in Hopkins here. I don't think Hopkins will be limited to what was it, five TDs last year. Um, bump those TD numbers up. And he's going to be your guy. Yeah, I like him. It's odd, actually, because, like, he's someone who I have ranked above. His his ADP is pretty low. Oh, in um, Dynasty, his ADP is total garbage. Yeah. Um, he's someone I'm suggesting as a sell just because his value can't go up. It's yeah. only going to go down. Yeah. Um, I actually suggested something on the last episode that people thought was, like, very smart uh, with DeAndre Hopkins. And you probably don't agree with this, but I, I don't see it the same way. Is that I think that what a good thing to do would be to sell DeAndre Hopkins for Keenan Allen plus, and take whatever the plus is, and then just ride out the rest of Keenan Allen's career instead of riding out the much higher valued asset in Hopkins. So that's the kind of move I would look to make if I were getting off Hopkins on a contender. Like if I could turn DeAndre Hopkins into Keenan Allen and first. I would do it. It's the kind of thing I would want to do. I, I think I would. Yeah. So I, I just warn people, I don't want to fall on the sword of something that expensive. Like, the players that I would consider falling on the sword are Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara. You know, these are the expensive versions. Um, Derek Henry, Zeke, Hopkins... Adams, like you're falling on the sword of those players. You're, you're riding them out. And the ones I just listed, those are the ones I consider too expensive for me to go down with the ship. I'd rather go down with the ship on someone cheaper like Keenan Allen or really, how about Robert Woods, who we talked about earlier. Robert Woods or Cooper Cup, I'm totally fine going down with the ship on them. But someone like DeAndre Hopkins is just too expensive. I, I don't want to pick him in a startup because I know that I'm going to already putting myself in a bad position. I and think I, I feel start, stuck. Startup draft, I'm avoiding Hopkins. I feel like that early of a pick on an aging wide receiver is setting yourself up in a position where you need to contend right away. Um, exactly. What is it setting yourself up for? You're you're strong arming yourself. Oh no, there's there's a special word that I haven't used today. What what word is that? It's setting you up for failure. Oh. Lots of failure. We, we don't like failure. But I, look, Hopkins is someone I could have already had. Like, it's possible that I had DeAndre Hopkins on my roster from drafting him last year or two years ago, and now I'm deciding what to do. So I do like trading him away, but if you can't trade him, I have him, I think, fourth overall for this year, so I think he's going to produce for you. Yeah, he's definitely going to produce. He, if he stays healthy and stays in the field, he's going to get targets no matter what. And Julio Jones fully stayed on the wagon 
for age 29 and age 30 season. So that would mean Hopkins has this year and one more. And then it was age 31 season where he kind of fell off the fell off the rails. And we don't know what he's going to do after that. But I, I do obviously like DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, but, you know, if you can do the, the Hopkins for Allen in a first or Allen plus kind of trade, that, that's the kind of thing I'm looking to do if I want to pivot and still contend. What about um, uh, pivoting to someone like Amari Cooper? Um, I could do that, but I think Amari Cooper is more expensive than Keenan Allen. Yeah. I'd love to. I mean, I'd love to pivot to Amari Cooper. That, that's a good move. I just think that that's harder. I think Amari Cooper isn't going to produce like DeAndre Hopkins anyway. Is not going to produce even like Keenan Allen, and is far more expensive. So I, I think that's harder. I specifically named Keenan Allen because he was a similar age to DeAndre Hopkins, yep. um, and he's in the part of like riding him out part of his career as well, just like Hopkins. Uh, what about Rondell Moore? Do you like Rondell Moore? That's a silly question. I mean, do you? Yeah. Yeah. You do? I, I like him enough to... to he's, he's my... He's third out of all the Moors for me in Dynasty. I prefer DJ, than Elijah, than Rondell. Okay, but, I also prefer Elijah. But he, he's going to fall into that. I'm not going to trade for him. I think he's going to be his price is too expensive, but I would have wanted to draft him in rookie drafts. Yeah, you're not trading for it. This is, some, this is something that if you didn't do it, you it's too late. But I I would be ecstatic if he were on my team. I'm very excited about Rondell Moore. I I mean, let me give you here are some players that I have Rondell Moore ranked above. Okay. Rashad Bateman. Yep. That's because of Rashad Bateman's injury. Bateman was higher before. Um, Tyler Lockett, Odell Beckham, uh, DJ Chark, Debo, um, Terrace Marshall, Julio Jones. So those those players all come in below Rondell Moore for me. So I'm very excited about Rondell Moore. Very, very excited. And I, I think there's enough room in the offense to support one other player. And I think Rondell Moore is going to do that. I do. AJ Green is totally, I mean, we talk about them, but AJ Green is totally cooked. And Christian Kirk is the ultimate roster clogger. So we don't care about those two. You're, people are going to look at Christian Kirk's numbers this, at the end of this year. And they're going to be like, oh, why wasn't he ever fantasy relevant well he put up four for 55 yards seven times on the year and somehow ended up with 550 600 yards for the season you know what christian kirk really is it's like willie sneed he like exists willie sneed's nfl career has continued for four years after the last time anyone cared about him in fantasy, his NFL career has continued. He belongs in the NFL. He is fine. He benefits his team wherever he goes, but he's not someone that we're gonna care about in our fantasy lineups. I mean, that's what I think Christian Kirk's career trajectory is gonna be, is he's a free agent after this year. He's gonna sign somewhere. He's not gonna be relevant and we're not gonna care. 
I, I think that's really what it is. Yeah. He's the kind of player that a team that struggles to attract wide receivers is going to sign. Like, is he going oh, to the Patriots? He could go to the Patriots or the Lions or the Ravens. Like teams that the Ravens would be a place that would sign him. Um, they signed Steve in the past. What if he went to Oakland? Or, sorry, Las Vegas. Vegas. Um, sure. I I just think that he's someone who's just a, a whatever. He's fine. He he belongs in the NFL, but not in our fantasy lineups. AJ Green is completely cooked. Yeah. He looked horrible last year. And I learned my lesson with him. It's just like assuming that 33-year-old players are having a bounce back is very unlikely. So I'm, I'm good on AJ Green. And there are no other players on the Cardinals because they have no. Oh, actually, I just want to say one more thing because you, you said, do you know what Christian Kirk reminds you of? My first thought was toilet paper. Oh my! He God. reminds me of great value, toilet paper, the Charmin knockoff. You're not complaining about him just existing. You're glad that it's not the single ply. That's about- it. Could be worse. It could be AJ Green. You're getting that single ply, and you're hoping that it's not. But. <laughs> I feel like that's exactly how his NFL teams feel about him. Even more so than how we feel about him. Yeah. He's he's fine. He's going to have honestly, I think Christian Career Christian Kirk has another 6-year career as a wide receiver 3 on teams yep. in the NFL, not on our team. But yeah. I think he bounces Is he a around Mohamed Sanu type career arc. No. Uh that Mohamed Sanu was way better. No, no, no. Uh, I think Willie Sneed's career arc is more what I had in mind. Okay. Because uh, Willie Sneed was, like, fantasy relevant when he was in New Orleans for a minute. And then, like, that was in 2016 or 2017. And he's bounced around from place to place ever since, continuing to get jobs but not really doing much. Um, but And also the Cardinals have no tight ends. So that brings us to the 49ers, which I think are the most exciting team. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, 49ers, when does Trey Lance get the starting job? (laughs) I said this to a bunch of people yesterday that I think there's a good chance that Trey Lance doesn't start this year. And I'm going to – I've got a reason for it. I think the 49ers team is – at least NFC championship ready if they can stay healthy. I don't think they want to trust Trey Lance with the keys to that in a season where they could make a run. Um, I'm not saying Jimmy G is the answer for them, but he gives them the best chance at winning right away. So... I could see a season like Mahomes' rookie year where Trey Lance sits for no fault of his own, but because the NFL team is actually better right away. I think Jimmy G is going to constantly be one bad game away from being pulled. Remember that, and you know what this reminds me of, and I heard someone say this on a podcast, and I, I forget which one. I listen to so many, but I wish I could give them credit but this, is, this came from somewhere else, that what this reminds them of is um, the Alex Smith, Colin Kaepernick, 49ers, which is that they are fine 
with funny because it's Alex Smith again. <laughs> um, funny, they're fine with Jimmy Garoppolo. He's fine. But if there's any reason to go to Trey Lance at any time, they will and they won't go back. So if it's one bad game, one injury, I think that they will go to Trey Lance. So I think the only way that what the situation you're portraying happens is that Jimmy G is just, is just great. He's great. They're, I don't think they're pulling a 10 and 0 Jimmy G ever. There's no date, there's no time. It's not like at this time we will put in Trey Lance. I agree with you about that. Yeah. But every week, Jimmy G is one week away from losing a job. One bad game, one injury, anything, and he'll lose the job. And that's what I think the situation is, personally. It's it's difficult. It's difficult to judge. I think um, 49ers have a bye in week seven, week six. Sorry. No, but see, I don't think that matters. And I, and that, that's what I was about to say. I was like, it's not going to be. It's not going to be relevant. There's no time. Like I'm willing to believe that the Bears have a time in which they've already decided that they're going to go to Justin Fields. I don't think the 49ers have a date. I think that they're going to go to Trey Lance when they feel that Trey Lance gives them a better chance to win. But I think that Jimmy G could make them feel that way with any really bad game, any injury, anything bad, ever. And that could happen in week one. So Do I you think, think that happens even through wins. Do you see them making that transition after a game that they win, but Jimmy G plays poorly? I think it's very possible. Okay. I mean, Alex Smith was seven and two or something, and he never got the job back. So he did get injured, but, and, you know, Jimmy G is not the paragon of health. So I think, I mean, they, the Bears pulled Mitch Trubisky last year when, uh, when he was 2-0 and because he was playing badly for Nick Foles. I just think they they want to start Trey Lance. They just need any reason or any excuse to start him. Now, if they don't start Trey Lance this year, I mean, they're gonna trade Jimmy G and then, you know, whatever. We talked about Trey Lance, I mean, his value. I think his value is what it is. Yes or no? This is just yes or no. Do you think Jimmy Garoppolo once he loses the starting job to Trey Lance, because that's a given, will Jimmy Garoppolo be the starting quarterback for another NFL franchise, yes or no? Are you suggesting this This can be cut out, this little explanation, so I, so we can restate re, re, well, the question? Will he start? Let me, let, me ask, let me ask a clarifying question for you without needing an injury to someone ahead of him. Because mm. I think he will start at some point in his career again. But really? I don't think he will be the team's starting quarterback So going into so the, it's going no. the season. Yes. Yes, it's no. It's no. All right. I agree. I, I used to think it was yes, but I, I now feel like it's no. I, I, I don't know. I, he's someone I'd like to... He's actually someone I like his price in Superflex League. Shimmy Garoppolo, right. just in case. All right, re-ask that question now. <laughs> All right. So, 
Will Jimmy Garoppolo start for another NFL franchise week one, 2022? Yes or no? No. Okay. That's a much more basic question. Um, and I agree that the answer is no. And I would still roster him in super flex leagues just in case. Um, but yeah, it's enough about the quarterbacks. Running backs, Trey Sermon. Do you like Trey Sermon? No. No. So you don't like Trey Sermon? Yep. I. <coughs> I, I don't want. I don't want to invest in a San Francisco running back for dynasty. Okay. I'm fine um, with San Francisco running back. They're fine week to week and redraft, but I don't want to play that. I think I've got the San Francisco running back, starting running back, and then suddenly it's someone else, fourth string, coming in. I don't think you have to worry about that. Like, they didn't have a good running back for three years. Three years of nothing. So, of course... You had to worry. We do have one year of Kyle Shanahan having a clear starter, and that clear starter was workhorse. Carlos Hyde. And it wasn't like a three-back rotation. Carlos Hyde was workhorse. Do you think Trey Sermon's going to be that workhorse? I mean, I think that 2017 is a model for what they want. I really do. I think what they did in 2017 is a model for what they want. Carlos Hyde, 240 carries. Everyone else totaled like 140 between them. I think that's what they want. Trey Sermon to me. I really do. I think that's what they want. I'm not sure that's going to happen, but I think that's what they want to happen. Mm-hmm. I haven't ranked as if that has a likelihood of happening, but is far from a guarantee. It's, um, it's, a, it's a situation I just don't really want a part of. And in the in the food court that is the NFL 32 teams, I'll look somewhere else for a, for a running but back. Running back, you just can't. You, you can't just go elsewhere. There just aren't that many running backs. So it, it's hard. I... I struggle to rank Trey Sermon. I, I've moved him up my rankings a lot uh, for some hype reasons, for Jeff Wilson getting hurt, for Raheem Mostert kind of not getting good buzz, for Elijah Mitchell not... Everyone else, all the obstacles seem to be going away. Um, so, but yeah, I don't know. I. Again, you're probably not trading for Trey Sermon because it's kind of the same thing. People who had him were probably the truther. Yep. And his value's only risen since then. So, Trey Sermon, I have him ranked ahead of Chris Carson. So, I'm I'm pretty in on Trey Sermon. And I, I think it's the right thing. I, I think the range of outcomes is... The low end is really him kind of being what the bad 49ers backs were. I think the high end is very high. Is taking the, the high 2017 workload and doing more with it. 
pray in on him. You you mentioned Carson. I would take Carson over Tracer. I just don't want old guys. Yep. And, so. we, and we already talked. We already talked to Carson. Yeah. Um, let's see other guys in that range. But see, I don't do you, want, have... do you want do you want Sermon or Michael Carter? Sermon, easily. Okay, okay I can agree with that. Um, Daryl Henderson. Oh, Sermon. See, I don't have Sermon actually ranked. The only running back that I have ranked within ten spots of Sermon is actually Acres. Okay. Like I have Miles Sanders significantly ahead and Chris Carson way behind, and everyone else is more than ten spots. Those are ten spots either side. Okay. So I, I don't have anyone really valued that close to Sermon. Okay. He's kind of in like a running back island with Acres, who, I, like I said, I don't really know how to rank in a lot of ways, and he's someone I've talked about and talked about and talked about. <laughs> um. So yeah, Sermon. Again, I'm fine holding him, but it is what it is. What about the other backs? Um, as you can probably guess, how, how do you think I feel about Raheem Mostert? Yeah, probably down on him. Yes, Raheem you always injured. talked negatively about him. Well, Raheem always injured. Yep. Raheem must be hurt was a name for my DLF live show that someone came up with. I'm not a fan. Yeah. If you find him on your roster, you're using him if he's you're using him as a flex. You're not counting on him for anything special. I just think he's done. Yeah. I really do. I think he's done. He was he was a flash in the pan. Yeah. I agree. A yep, nice flash in the pan, but I think he's done. Yep. Good story. His ADP is very high and I don't get it. I think it's way too high. It's it I have him ranked thirty spots below his ADP. They think that fire is still burning or still raging. Maybe I just don't. But get it's it. not. I don't. I don't see the point. He's already twenty nine. I'm just. I'm totally out. Yep. Um, then there's also Elijah Mitchell. Do you like him? I, I kind of like him as a flyer. Yep. I I like him as a flyer. Um, but that's all he is. Yeah. As a flyer. Really. If he gains value, if Sermon isn't the guy that you think that Shanahan wants him to be. That's true. If it stays that committee approach in the feed the hot hand or even just the oft injured backfield, he has value. Yeah. He'll work his way into lineups. Could maybe make a name for himself. I'm fine putting Wayne Gallman on my roster. He was effective last year in opportunities he received. I'm, I'm fighting not, uh, cutting him right now in one league for roster spot. I probably wouldn't cut him. I, I've got I've got to almost at this point. I get it. Get to it, roster numbers. In um in typical dynasty leagues, I do not recommend cutting him. In in most dynasty leagues he'll he'll be someone I would keep. But in shallow leagues sometimes you have to. But in, in most dynasty leagues he'll he'll remain on my roster. Um okay. So wide receivers. Uh Brandon Ayuk. I, I like Brandon Ayuk a lot. I, I think he's going to break out. It, it, you seem to agree. Yes, absolutely. Uh, probably around wide receiver 18 or so for me. That might be exactly where I have him, more or less. Um, I'm, hap- I'm happy with him at, 
at that range. I'm probably not selling if someone inquires about him for less than like wide receiver 14, 13, but I'm not paying up that price to get him. Yeah, he's someone I'd love to draft. He's yes. someone that like, well, no. I want to build, build a team around him. Well, I don't want to say build a team around him, but like but he would if be I see him there, for me. Yeah, he's he's. Oh, no. So as someone who's done a lot of Patreon startups, like, I don't always get him because I had T. Higgins ranked one spot higher, and most people have T. Higgins ranked lower, so I, I often get T. Higgins instead. But on the ones where T. Higgins goes earlier, I get Brandon Ayuk a lot. Mm-hmm. I in the Patreon startup I'm doing now, I'm pretty sure. Did we have Brandon Ayuk? We did. Yeah, Brandon Ayuk is on that team. So just drafted him. Um, so yeah, he's someone I'd love to draft. Trading for him is hard. Uh, I, I think he's a little overvalued in the trade market, yes. but a little undervalued in the startup market. What about Debo? Don't care for him. Don't I care think, for him? I think he's going to be, what is he, probably in the 30s for wide receiver 30s? More or less, yeah. Yeah, he's... I'm not super excited about him. There's other guys in that range that I prefer. Um, I could see him being the odd man out of the three big receiving threats. And the negative uh, air yards is kind of concerning. Yeah, Yeah, it's like, I don't... It is scary. I I know he succeeded with it, but I, I agree with you that I'm a little scared. Um, let me give you a few quick either ors. Um, Tyler Lockett or Debo? Lockett. Odell. I want Odell right now. Go on, Odell. Um, Julio. It's all the old guys. Yeah. Um, I can. I want Julio. I can understand going Debo if you're getting older. Yeah. If your team. All right. Let me give you some more appropriately aged guys. Uh, DJ Chark. I'm completely out on Chark right now. You're completely out on Chark. Okay. Um, Terrace Marshall. I think I want Terrace Marshall right now. Marshall. So it's interesting because I would have Chark, but not Marshall. So right, we're kind of in a similar range. I assume Elijah Moore, Rondell Moore, Rashad Bateman, you'd all rather, rather those guys over Debo. And uh, what about, let's go a little lower, um, Pittman. What about Pittman? I want Debo over Pittman. You want Debo. Uh, Gallup? Debo. Uh, Fuller? Yeah, I'm in the. I'm looking at Debo. So actually, you have Debo pretty much exactly in the ADP spot. To be honest, <laughs> you picked all the guys ahead yeah. of him ahead and all the guys behind him behind. I just I don't see any any interest for me right now in wanting to acquire them or have him on my team. Yeah, but you went with ADP on every answer, except for Chark and Marshall. Just so you know. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, you went with ADP on every yeah. answer. So it's, it's like, I, I you say you don't like Debo, but, you know, it's, I feel like everyone kind of has Debo in this range, 
of like, he's there. And I just, it's just really, Debo's not gonna remain at this value. Cause I actually don't think that the status quo is gonna maintain itself. One of two things is gonna happen. And I think one is more likely. But one of the two things is gonna happen is we were wrong and Debo returns and overtakes Brandon Ayuk for being number one. That's possible. That's why his value is still high, because that's possible. Yeah. The second outcome is that he's not all that great, and they bring in a fourth target to compete for more, and then his value just goes away. I, I think that's the more likely outcome, but it's possible that he overtakes yeah. Ayuk. That's why people still like him. And it's, it's going to be come down to, in the long run, who builds that relationship with Lance? Who does Lance, who does Lance feel comfortable going to as that first look, as that safety valve? Less so, I think, in this offense. In this offense, it's not Lance. It's, it's Shanahan. It's who does Shanahan trust to be the, the alpha receiver for him? Who is Shanahan's alpha receiver? Who... Who are they running the offense around? Are they running it around Ayuk or are they running it around Debo? Not going to be Lance who decides that. Not on this team. It's going to be Shanahan. And it seemed like Shanahan was in the Ayuk camp last year. Shanahan traded up for him. That's true. He also picked him in the first round. Yeah, there's the draft capital difference. So if Shanahan says that Ayuk is the number one, then Ayuk is going to be the number one. It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. Um, and then George Kittle, last player. Uh, tied in three? Maybe you four. Lie, you like George Kittle. He's tied in three or four for me. Three or four? I've been debating George Kittle a lot. I mean, I still, this feels like a relic at this point, but I still think George Kittle in Dynasty ranked as tight end one, but that doesn't, that seems like that's become a very unpopular opinion these days. Yeah. I tried to make that argument for the for him being the tight end one a while ago, around this time last year, and I couldn't I couldn't put him over over Kelsey. I think Kelsey's has a few more good years and is still putting up greater points than Kittle does when fully healthy. I'll probably never go with Kelsey over Kittle again. I never have, and I probably never will, just because of the age. I'm not overly concerned. I, he, he hasn't shown signs of slowing down, and mm. with the way tight end shifts over the over time, how quickly it happens. No tight end 33 or older has ever put up a top three season. Do you think that Travis Kelsey is the best tight end of all time? He's definitely in the top three. I don't think that Travis Kelsey is the best tight end of all time. That's why I have George Kittle so ranked ahead of him. He's four years younger. I think he's 80% of the player. But just generally, I'd rather have 80% of the player four years younger. As a a pure pass blocker, as a pure tight end, Kittle's pass blocking and overall skills as a tight end, he is a better NFL player. Oh, I'm at 80% of uh, the rest of it. Oh, yeah, all if you factor in everything, Kittle's just as good of a player as Kelsey. Kittle's a, Kittle's a better player, better 
NFL tight end. Uh, potentially, yeah. I mean, depends on uh, how much you factor receiver re- receiving versus blocking. But I was talking about as uh, what we care about, or yeah. fantasy production. I-, I think Kittle is. You don't 80. pay in point per per pancake leagues. Yeah, we don't get a point per pancake. I, I think Kittle offers talent-wise 80% fantasy of what Kelsey delivers. So with a four-year age gap, I'll, I'll take the asset that's not declining it over the one that's well over the cliff. The real problem, I think, is uh, that Kittle could lose his spot to Kyle Pitts. But I don't know what to do with Kittle. I, I think with Kittle, he even, even he, though, is going to turn 28 in September. Forget about Kelsey. I mean, at this point, if I'm not a contender, I'm probably... I'd like to see... Kittle's young enough that I'd risk it, but I'd like to see him play a few games and then really just sell high. Because he has such a bad air around him right now. He's hard to sell. Yeah, oh, I I feel that. Um, Like, don't you feel that people still need to be reminded of what George Kittle is? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely absolutely that. So if you Um, had him, you would hold, right? I have him in two leagues right now, and I'm holding in both. Yeah. I I have... I've... I think I put him on the block and one just to kind of try it, out yeah. some offers and didn't get anything worthwhile. And I just feel I'm kind, of, I'm kind of in the point where I would rather get, if I'm going to go out and try and buy a tight end, I'm going to make that offer for Waller or Pitt. But Waller, I don't want. It's Waller I have no interest in. He's actually the only one of these I don't want at all. He's the one I don't want. He's the one I have no interest in. I actually feel about him similarly to Kill, except much worse. So, okay. him, him, I don't want. If I were looking to pivot off Kittle, I would look to pivot Pitts. Yeah, that's very unlikely. Uh, I, don't, I don't think there's any very few Pitts owners would do that. Who would do that? But you know what? You're, I paying, would do a, you're paying extra. You're paying Kittle plus something for Pitts. I think I'd have to accept that I'd probably be going to a, a completely different position or I'd be, if I'm trading Kittle, the kind of trade I would have to accept would be something like Mark Andrews and like, well, I don't know what's valuable enough in a tight end premium. Mark Andrews and like Terry McLaurin in a tight end premium. Like that's probably. It feels like an. It feels like an overpay to me, to get. Ten and premium is a lot though. Like those are the kind. Like that's the kind of offer I would want. I mean, maybe Terry McLaurin is too popular, um, but that's the kind of offer I'd try to get. I also. What about, what about like a DJ Moore with it? Um, I don't DJ, hate that. DJ that's Moore a little. Andrews. That's a little light though, for me. A little light. But that's also our difference between you having Kittle at one versus me having him at Yeah, I think if I had, mm, I still wouldn't take it as I didn't premium. I still like. So it's sounding like, sounding like trading Kittle is going to be difficult. Now, I really think people need to be reminded because he's only 28. So I'm willing to take that risk of him not playing well to see the value gain of him playing well, because if he does, at 28, he still has room to regain value. Remember that Kelsey has gained value over the last three years, not lost it. 
So if Kittle continues to play well, Titan is so brutal, he'll he'll gain value again. Um, yeah. okay. That was a very long show. Um, so yeah, once again, tell the people what you're working on, anything you're doing. Um, you know. Actually, I, I, can't, I can't say stuff right now. I'm waiting. I'm waiting to find out official stuff. You can't. I, 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 I can tell you. I can tell you, Tyler. You well. Tell you. Tell me when you um when we wrap. But when we wrap, when we wrap, I'll tell you. But um, so I'm Patrick. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Saint Patrick FF. Um, I have a website where I do me dynasty memes and occasional articles. Um, linked in my bio there. Um. Stay tuned for some new information. <sighs> you get it, don't worry. Yep. Uh, uh, check check out the Twitter. To f- I hate this. <laughs> I'm, I've never had to do that this. Leaving in. Um, that but, leaving it. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, look, it's CJ's choice what to edit. So yes. you um, know, it's it, it's kind of a, a an edit. I always say I never want to edit anything. I would always just leave everything in, including this conversation right now. But at, I, at, this, I, at this point, I, at this point, I feel it. And I feel it in my head right now. Of now, I'm just in my head. I'm gonna keep me- messing this up and how I want to do it. Oh, uh, you're good. Don't, um, don't so worry. I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it simple and say we'll tag you in the release. So when it comes out on, and and I think that's the best thing when it comes out on the Dynasty Duo uh, Twitter account at the Dynasty Duo FF. We'll tag Patrick, and you will be able to find him. <laughs> um, and then you can follow. I would suggest following him, and then you can follow all the work that he's doing. Yeah, awesome. I appreciate any and all follows, and we'll make sure to check out what everyone else is doing. So thanks all for right. having me, Tyler. All right, everyone. Peace out.